In 2016, scientists on Earth detected a fast radio burst from a distant region of space with no observable SARS. The following transmissions were declassified by the scientific community and given to us to present as the Binary Saga. Log entry, Vela 89. Vela Rotat 2713, cycle 12 of the 5th Annual. Hey, hey, Siege. Oh my, young Nikki is absolutely adorable. However are you dealing with four little ones in the house now? I only have the one around here, and I feel like we're always running around trying to get everything done. With four, it must be pure insanity. Although, it would appear that Bjorn is so much more on top of things than I could ever be. I forget to eat occasionally when I'm making sure that Nasu is up and ready for the day. Given the photos and vids I've seen, the resemblance of Nikki to Bjorn is unmistakable. His eyes are truly stunning. I'm glad that Bjorn took the news of your new arrival so well, but I'm really not all that surprised by it. He has a love for you that is unrivaled on at least three different planets. I couldn't picture him responding in any other way. On top of his good reaction to the news of Nikki, you've decided to get married again. That's outstanding. Also, from what I know of your culture, it's good luck for you to be with child on your wedding cycle. So congratulations on multiple fronts for all that has happened. It's been a busy rotat for you. That also means that Javi owes me 20 coolets. You see, I totally called it that you and Bjorn would end up getting married. Javi kept saying that Heimavinen tradition was that you only ever pair with one person. He claimed that you were too traditional to go through all of that again. I tried to explain to him that he didn't know you at all and that you were far too progressive to ignore the feelings that you have. That, and that you and Bjorn are a match that was ordained through history. It was inevitable that you would end up together. Thank you so much for not tanking another bet I made on your relationship. As someone who has both a natural mother and an adoptive mother, I have to say how precious it is that the girls have taken to calling Bjorn dad. I know that the circumstances are a little different, but Nosu had never expected me to call her mom and freely admitted that Ori was my mom in every sense of the word. A mom or a dad is the person that is there for you when you need them, and loves you unconditionally. When he was there, Andy was that dad. Now that Bjorn is there, it doesn't take away what Andy did or who he was. It's just a passing of the title, and I know that Andy would be proud that Bjorn is doing his best to fill in. Raythea can go find a kelp to suck if she doesn't like it. Next time you see her, if she brings it up, ask her if she thinks that Ori isn't my mom because I will gladly steal a ship and fight anyone that says otherwise. <sighs> Deep breaths, Jason. Sorry, I got a little worked up there. Nasu is doing incredibly well. She said her first word a few annuls ago. Get this. While we can't be completely sure, it sounded a lot like, hey, hey. I don't know if she picked it up from when we were watching your vids, or maybe someone at the daycare also has some Heimavinen influences. Since then, she has managed to throw a number of other words into the mix and now starts demanding things by name. Swim, Aporo, Biru. 
I should explain that Biru is one of her latest obsessions. It's an animated show about a school of seki that behave like a normal school and lives in a house. It's very cute, and Nasu is addicted to it. You want to talk about overly addictive theme songs? I was in the transit station the other cycle, and I heard the first three notes of the theme and nearly dropped my drink. When I turned around, there was a father and his young son watching the show on his hand terminal. I made eye contact, and we both nodded to each other with that knowing gaze. Since I knew that I would have a few missions that would take me away from home, I managed to squeeze in a special trip out on the Astra with Nasu. I am sure that Bjorn would love this. We went fishing. Yes, Velens go fishing. It's something that a lot of Velens do, actually. While the fishing industry is quite large here, and no one actually needs to go fishing, it's something that many people do just to relax or bond with others, which is what Nasu and I were doing. Kind of. She's just over two rotats old, and I'm not sure she really comprehends what we were doing, but she loves seeing all the fish in the water and the birds circling above, trying to get at what we've caught. We stayed out for a few cycles and ate what we decided to keep. She is normally such a picky eater, but as long as I added enough spice to the dish, she enjoyed eating it. When we got back, Erin came out to help us unpack and bring in all of our things. She stopped us before we got off the skiff and demanded that we go back inside and shower before even coming ashore. She handed us fresh clothing and just pointed back at the door. I guess that even though Velens have evolved from creatures of the sea, one of the things that didn't follow is a love for the smell of the sea. More importantly, the smell of fish that have been in containers for a few cycles on a skiff in the light of Von La. Okay, yeah. After I showered and got dressed in clean clothing, I smelled it too, and I'm glad that Aaron was there to remind us. Nasu, on the other hand, didn't mind it at all, and was eager to dive right back into the sea and get the smell back on her. After the fishing trip was done, I did actually need to leave for a while. I am still not going out on multiple annual trips out to different planets yet, but they still need commanders on the moon missions. More importantly, I need to keep flying. It's one of the few things that keeps me sane. They may be boring up and back missions, but they allowed me to stretch my webs and get out into space for a while. Sometimes it's tough leaving Nasu behind. I keep asking when I will be able to bring her along with me on missions, and for some reason the VSA just gives me a blank stare while they wait for a punchline. They told me that if I wanted to bring a child into space, that I should book passage to the Lukula R space station. But I'm out of vacation days, so it'll have to wait. The hotel has installed a nearly identical game lounge there to mirror almost the one on Tanga Station. It was all installed and paid for by Ajila Entertainment, which is a game company here on Vela. They were responsible for the Velen portion of the lounge on Tanga, and since it was so well received there, they wanted to do something in orbit here. Ajila Entertainment, or AE, as they're more commonly known here, make all sorts of cool games and systems. Javi and I have been huge fans of theirs for ages. The lounge they set up on Lakula R has a number of unused spaces that are apparently waiting to be filled with Haimavina technology as soon as it's approved. You might have some serious competition in the market for technology here. The investigation into all of the Chona Chone information 
is still ongoing, but has been slowing down a little. There just isn't that much more that they're uncovering. They know that the division of the moons was not a natural occurrence, and that it would take a tremendous amount of energy to accomplish, but there are no traces of anything to say how it was done. Using the SI simulations, we may have figured out why it was done, though. The SI has been able to create a rendering of the orbital path of both moons and run it back to when they were together. Then it went back even further and showed that Cho, the full moon of Vela, itself was already on a collision course that would destroy the planet. You remember how I said that whatever caused the split had to be so precise because either of the two halves could have destroyed the planet? Well, it would now appear that the full moon would have done the same and it was only because of the split that we're alive today. The downtide to all of it, not that that isn't enough, is that the investigation is stalling out. Like I had said, there just isn't any more information to uncover. It's a mystery that happened so long ago that there is no real evidence of what or who caused this. Or should I say, who saved us? It's all long gone. Mom said that she's glad she's not in the council right now, so she doesn't have to deal with all the arguments about the moon information. There are all sorts of conspiracies about what could cause the split. Even one claiming that the Illithians, being the advanced race that they are, traveled back in time and saved us. Another suggests that there was a race of reptile people that lived on the planet before us, and they saved the planet before leaving it. I know, it sounds silly to think about, but the council has to, at least, listen to all of these claims and take their viewpoints into consideration when passing any sort of legislation or official statement. Of course, none of the laws or anything the council is doing has anything to do with these conspiracies, but everyone has the right to stand up and comment at local sessions, so lots of people come to speak their minds. There are many times throughout the cycle where mom's terminal will go off from a former colleague, sending her a vid of the latest crazy to be up in front of them. When I mentioned her that you sent your well wishes on the potential ambassador spot, she just winked at me and smiled before saying, why would I ever leave this little bundle of joy right in front of me? As she picked up Nasu and held her up in the air. She may say that, but I know that wink. She is planning something. The selection committee for the position is coming up in a few annuals, and the mission is planned for a few rotats from now. I would bet you another one of those fancy new gaming systems you have that she is going to be visiting Haimavina very soon. With any luck, they will need a good commander or pilot for the mission out that direction. If the ambassador is going to be flying on one of our vessels, I may have a shot at making the cut for the spot. Nasu should be around four rotats old at that point, so it may be cutting it close for the long-term missions, but for something so important as an ambassador trip, they might allow it. Can you picture it, CJ? We are only a few rotats away from an actual trip from Vela to Haimavina. When we were Nasu and Nikki's age, that sort of thing was still just a dream. It would appear that you finally got your ring back. You know, I was never really that comfortable with it being out on whatever tour it was on. 
sending something so personal out around the galaxy just to show off something from Vela. I can only imagine that now the mail probe has been going back and forth for so long and the trade vessels that are moving between our planets with the initial goods that something like the ring isn't nearly as valuable now. Or at least not as interesting. I'm very glad that it's back where it belongs. Whatever you end up doing to pay back Octavia, I'm sure it will be worth it. Apparently, congratulations are in order for a lot of different people. Janine, Mari, Kai. Did the Semcoma assign the duty of repopulating the planet to your school? In all seriousness, I'm really happy for all of you back there. We are all going through this together, and now we can share the stories of our individual experiences with each other so that we can learn which toys will do the most damage to a foot and which songs to avoid. Which is why, as much as I love Captain Cosmos, I have not shown a single episode to Nasu. I caught Aaron at a bad moment as I walked in from listening to your message. She was cleaning the last piece of artwork that Nasu had done on the wall of the hallway. When I mentioned that there were three new additions to your school back there, Aaron asked if any of you would be interested in a fourth. We both had a good laugh, and I showed her the photos of Lars, Marcus, and Nikki. Aaron gushed a while about how cute they were. She even joked about signing up for the ambassador program herself, just so she can fly over and visit with all of the babies. Oh, and I have a great idea. We need to start taping a new vid show about me and Aaron, you and Bjorn, Janine and Rune, and Mari and Kai all living in a house together with all of our newly given forth children. We have to navigate all of the children plotting against us and the antics of people from three different planets all living together. How about, and the Fiska make four as the title? Because Aaron and I would be the odd fish in the pool. Clearly we need to workshop this a little bit. May the waves guide us, Jason, 59. Log entry, Hymavina 89, 2394, Age of Enlightenment. Good morning, Jason. I'm enjoying some quiet mommy time before everyone wakes up and the house becomes chaotic. You can tell Erin if she wants to send Nasu over, she'll fit right in. The girls always have their little friends over, and Janine and Rune drop Marcus off all of the time, so what's one more kid to spoil mercilessly? I apologize that this message is a few months late. Hoxa recently rebuilt a system that routes messages to Vela, and while it works better, has a stronger security, and tighter compression, the process took longer than expected. This is good for the network, because vids download more quickly. My software division thinks they could have done a better job, but Hoxa didn't put out a formal request for a proposal. <laughs> Typical. Well, Nasu's love for sailing clearly shows that she's her father's daughter. It sounded like a great bonding experience for the two of you. I mentioned to Bjorn and Rune that you went fishing, and you ate what you caught, which restarted their ongoing discussion about sentient creatures and evolution. Janine says there is no sense in trying to change their thinking. She and I both follow our husband's strict vegetarian diets at home, but when we meet for lunch, we always order big elgar sandwiches topped with crispy boar strips. They're delish. Bjorn claims that he can smell the sandwich on me afterwards. And like Aaron making you shower before walking into the house, he makes me brush my teeth before kissing him. (laughs) 
I'm still fascinated by Navi's finding regarding Bella's moons Chona and Chone. When I read Nikki the book Cho in the Sky, I always think about who split the moon. It does give me some comfort to know that it was deliberately done to save Vela. I doubt the ancients were selfless enough to travel back through time to save another species, although it reminds me of something Bjorn's father Nikolai once told me. The ancients all but destroyed Haimavala, pillaged the Zarela system for resources, and before that, the Sindara system. It's probably best that there's a shield protecting the Vonlal system. If we had gotten there, we would have robbed them before they walked out of the water. The thing is, Nikolai is not wrong. Mana may try as we might, but it's hard to change our nature. Kai has his own theories, which I will not share because I don't want you to think he's crazy. <laughs> In baby news, Heather and Max had a girl, Poppy Lillian Fjallstedt. Because Heather could not carry a baby to term, Poppy was born via gestational surrogacy like my dad. I volunteered, but the timing worked better for Max's older sister to carry for them instead. Poppy surprised everyone by arriving two weeks early. She is quite a beauty and has Heather's plump lips and the Fjallstad bright golden eyes. I've attached some pictures of that sweet nugget. Mm. Well, since we're talking about family, I have to defend Raythea. She and I have talked since our last emotional encounter. And she explained to me that my girls are all she has left of Andy. And to hear them call someone else dad was soul-crushing for her. She told me that it was another stark reminder that her son was dead. And I apologize for not seeing it from her point of view. As a parent, I should have. Because I cannot fathom the grief of losing one of my babies. And I told her that Andy will always be the girl's father. And she said that she knows that Bjorn loves the girls and was touched deeply when he officially adopted them as his own daughters. She told me that she deserved the slap because she was being disrespectful to Janine. And we cried over our loss, and we had a good talk. You know better than anyone my challenges with Raythea, but she will always be family, whether I like it or not. And to her credit, she has never spoken ill of Bjorn to the girls. And the first time she met Nikki, she introduced herself as Grandma Raythea. Nikki, true to his sweet self, immediately gave her one of his big hugs, and she wept holding him. I think she at least deserves the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> well, after we moved into Bjorn's house, I decided to take one more tour around my house before turning over the keys to the realtor. I smiled at the vibrant colors the girls chose for their rooms, and the big tub in my bathroom where the girls took baths when they were little, and the backyard where the four of us would grab blankets and cuddle up to watch the flight patterns from Baron Station. I stood there thinking of all the memories that were made there, and how that house was there for us when we really needed it. It was a good house. The realtor dropped me off as I walked down Bjorn's long driveway, and I could already smell the fireplace in the great room. When I walked into the kitchen... My girls were all sitting at the kitchen island doing their homework. Nikki was in his high chair munching on apple slices, and Bjorn was rolling out some sort of spiced dough on the counter. And everyone greeted me saying, Mom's home! It was such an amazing feeling. Because I was home. <laughs> Bjorn's interior design style is like his appearance. Impeccable. For the last 50 years, he has procured, curated, or had custom-crafted every piece in the house. My house looked like 
Kids lived there. I worried how us girls were going to fit in this elegant house. But Bjorn said that he was excited to make it ours. And we changed a few things to make it more kid-friendly. Like, the game room is a playroom. The kids' rooms reflect their personalities. And kid art now decorates the fridge. While the kids settled in without issue, Bjorn and I ran into a predicament regarding our closet. Bjorn, like me, likes clothing and has cultivated racks of bespoke clothing, shelves of handmade shoes from Vasa, and an ancient watch collection that made Andy weep. Bjorn, who was standing in the closet as the movers brought my boxes in, turned to me and said, You know, there's just not going to be enough room. We may just have to move. <laughs> Bjorn also likes doing everything himself around the house. He claims it's relaxing. I feel that way about cleaning. Because we both work 12-hour days, we have a staff that comes in once a week to do general cleaning, laundry, and pool service. But I insist the kids clean their own spaces. Anyway, I came home one evening with the girls after narrow contact practice to find Bjorn on the roof sweeping leaves. You remember how my great-grandmother Jana died, so you can imagine my anger. Here's the deal. Bjorn and I hardly ever fight, barely have a disagreement. I told the girls to take Nikki inside, and I yelled at Bjorn to get off of the roof before he fell. And Bjorn stood there, hands on his hips, and noted that he had been doing this before I was born. Oh, did I get mad. I'm pretty sure our whole neighborhood heard me yell. What did you say to me, old man? I will not be widowed twice in one lifetime. Bjorn begrudgingly came down and stood in front of me and said, Did you just call me old? I'm not even middle-aged, my sweet. I haven't caught him on the roof since, silly goofball. <laughs> Bjorn told me a long time ago that he's always wanted a son. Don't get me wrong, Bjorn loves all his girls and has a special relationship with each of them. But there is something about little boys. Mono males in general are more affectionate and incredibly loving but they can also be very sensitive. If the girls are playing and Nikki feels like they're ignoring him, he will cry these big blubbering tears until he is included. For the most part, Nikki has been an easier toddler than the girls, but I think it's because there's only one of him, not three monsters at the same time. Although when Bjorn's grandson Marcus stays with us, it's like having twins again, because they feed off of each other's energy. The boys may look alike, but their personalities are completely different. Marcus is very shy and quiet. Nikki, on the other thumb, is incredibly energetic, gregarious, and is always holding court. I think he just loves hearing himself talk, much like his father. <laughs> if Bjorn was awake, he would quickly tell you that I'm Nikki's favorite person, because he needs to know where I am at all times. If he realizes I'm not in the room, the first thing he says is, Where's mommy? It doesn't matter where you say I am. She's at work, in the bathroom, outside. He will respond, okay. He just wants to be informed. My counter to Bjorn's favorite person argument is that Nikki's first word was dada. I rest my case. Bjorn has suggested that we have another baby. And I wouldn't mind, because I love kids. But I told him that I think we should stick with the seven kids we have between us. Besides, Marcus is just the first grandbaby. Linnea willing, there will be more. 
Bjorn and I still enjoy our Wednesday nights out, even if it's just a quick dinner together at the local tavern. With so much going on between work and family, we always make sure we return to the heart, as my mom says, and work on our relationship so we don't lose ourselves in the day-to-day routine. It was something my parents practice, and Bjorn loves it. After dinner, we put down our work hand terminals and desks and spend time with just our family, even if we're all just watching a bit. When Nikki and the girls are in bed, we enjoy time for ourselves, sit in the spa, read by the fire. It's our time. We also decide to take a page out of Grandma Iria's playbook and make the Samcoma representatives and business leaders travel to our offices because we are no longer interested in unnecessary travel to Alondra for one meeting. It changes the status quo and has become very impactful for both of our interests. <laughs> well, you know I dislike sports, and the thought of watching people race hits a little too close to home for me with Andy's death. That said, a month ago, I was convinced to watch the Patera Chase finish line from the observation deck on the House New Spark family starship. The Batera Chase is an endurance spacecraft race that begins at the Alondran Space Elevator and loops around the gas giant, Batera. The race started a few hundred years ago as a competition between small spacing companies seeking VC funding. Now it's held every 10 years, and the main spacing corporations sponsor the race to find new talent or show off new designs. In order to keep the spirit of the original race, each entry must have at least one amateur in the crew rotation. The spacecraft are split into two classes, prototypes and standard transport ships with what Kai calls souped-up engines. Obviously, interstellar drives are not permitted. Andy's twin brothers told me that House Minstrasse had not sponsored an entry since their grandmother Alora died, so they were excited when Grandma Iria approved their proposal to allow House Newspark to sponsor a spacecraft for the race. However, my uncle Helgi subsequently announced that instead of sponsoring a team, they would instead join the prototype class with a new design. Andruniper said that she hadn't seen Helgi this excited since their first flight to Alondra. Mind you, this is a pretty fringe sporting event, and the mainstream sports media hardly covers it. But it gained a wider coverage because this was the first time a Heimavina team entered the race. The interviews Helgi and his team did create a lot of buzz in the spacing industry. Then I was scanning the news one day when I saw a headline. House Newspark selects Erko Hivonen as crew commander. The commentators gushed about Erko's service, and my mouth gaped because he rarely talks about his time in the fleet. During the interview, the reporter asked him a series of probing questions, and Erko rubbed his bald head, which I know he does when he's embarrassed, and said, Oh, the fleet exaggerates. I just flew where they told me. Then changed the subject to talk about the Team Newspark crew. A few weeks later, Houses Hagen and Selvig announced that they would also be joining the prototype class, and the novelty of House Newspark was all but forgotten. The sports media went wild and sold the race as a bitter rivalry between the legendary spacing houses. The headlines read, Hagen versus Selvig, Battle for Patera. There's no actual rivalry between those houses, and their heads of houses get along quite well. <laughs> Just before the start of the race, All the ships maneuvered into place, and it looked like a flotilla of beautifully designed crafts. The initial start lasted only a couple of moments, because once the race began, the spacecraft all shot out into the blackness of space. 
The race itself lasts about a week, because Batera is quite a ways out in the system. The race commentary focused on the spacecraft cockpit vids, which were often humorous, because many of the crews knew each other and filled the airwaves with jovial trash talk. Recovery ships were posted along the course in case of accidents, and several ships did burn out their engines during the race. Those of who could make repairs kept racing. Fortunately, there were no injuries among any of the crews, which has apparently happened in past events. The last day was a surprising clawbiter, as the leaders neared the finish line. Houses Hagen and Selvig engaged their final boosters and looked set for a photo finish after they both swung tightly around Alondra's moon, Alistair. Live feeds from both cockpits played side by side as the crews called out their speeds and joked about settling the race at a bar back on Alondra. It was a bit of a surprise when the coverage switched to the House Noose Park's craft as they completed their slingshot around Alistair, far behind the leaders. The Noose Park crew, unlike the others, were strapped into their seats and wearing suits that I've never seen before. Erko looked up at the camera and said, Batara race control! We're going to need a speed check here. And everyone gasped as House Newspark's ship seemed to leap forward in space and streak past the other craft and the finish line in a blur. The cockpit vid showed Erko's face straining under force but grinning ear to ear. The observation deck erupted and the cameras went live at House Newspark control where everyone was jumping around and cheering as well. As the camera panned around the control suite, I glimpsed Helgi, standing in the back with his arms crossed, with a mischievous grin on his face. The sports commentators missed it, and the coverage drifted to discussions of the upset for Hagen and Selvig. As everyone was still celebrating, Nikki was glued to the windows, completely wide-eyed. And then he looked up at me and said, Mommy, zoom zoom. I want to zoom zoom like Anki Iko. Rune covered the race for the magazine he writes for, and captured all the race highlights, including all the behind-the-scene drama. I have attached his article and the vid montage of the entire race for you. It's funny that you mention Aglia Entertainment, because when the transmission server went live, my inbox was filled with messages from Neaton, the head of the company. He and I met the last time I was on Tanga Station. Neaton was the first to propose the game lounge, and has been pushing the hardest for the technology exchange. I think he took a shine to me because I spoke Velen, and most Alithians need interpreters. He told me that he's been looking for a mana partnership. I informed him that our gaming system division was a tiny portion of the House Jorgensen Corporation, and that the best I could offer was to bring him in as a subsidiary rather than a partner. Neaton said he wasn't ready to sell his company, and then proposed something that benefited us both and quietly put pressure on the technology consumer markets. We are collaborating to offer a couple of each other's games on both of our systems for free. I'm glad that you said that you're a fan of his gaming company, because since I cannot send you an EO-based System 7, you should have received a delivery from Aglia Entertainment. Neaton messaged me and said that he sent you their entire catalog, which includes both House Jorgensen games, Sleepers of the Deep and Fjords of Wonder, along with his latest console. Unfortunately, at the rate the traditionalists are dragging their feet, you may still have to make your way to Tanga Station to play on any of the Mona systems. Speaking of the traditionalists, they have been floating opinion pieces that propose eliminating term limits for Samcoma members. 
They argue that members can accomplish more without the restraints of their limited time in office. Unlike planetary positions like prime minister or senior minister, which have different terms depending on the planet, SAMCOMA members can only serve up to 200 years in office. Trust me when I tell you that is plenty of time, and some representatives should not be in their seats for even half of that time. It's also not lost on numerous political commentators that Helena is approaching her term limit. Helena occasionally mentions at the Von Lichtbuch that she wishes she had more time in office, or complains to Oli that the Speaker of the Samcoma should be granted similar term limits to planetary senior ministers. A few of us titled House members quietly joke that being in charge for a lifetime is not what it cracks up to be. She laughs, but we all know what ambition looks like, as none of us would be where we are without it. Rumors are swirling that Helena is trying to set herself up as the equivalent of an empress. Sadly for her, our laws reject that sort of appointment. Well, unless her party holds a supermajority. Let's just say, Jason, she's making her rounds. Helena was still lobbying for her idea when she visited Haimavina during the St. Linnea holiday season as Grandma Vera's guest and attended several galas. Andy would have absolutely loved to have watched Vera and Helena elegantly spar with each other in private. As the night went on and the vin continued to flow, Vera gently reminded Helena of the act of the descendant, and they both laughed and talked about ancient love stories. The act of the descendant is an old statute buried in the Samcoma bylaws that was added almost 2,000 years ago to pay tribute to the then Prime Minister Anika Jorgensen, the last known descendant of Empress Hera, who stayed behind during the Siddhasanda. Legal word salad aside, it essentially gives the senior Jorgensen descendant the ability to veto any decision reached by the Samcoma. It's not widely remembered, but of course, Vera found it. That said, Vera decided to reinforce her message to Helena and use the old family fashion magazine photo shoot, which happened a couple weeks ago, to do it. The theme was Renaissance, which seemed appropriate as Haimavina is experiencing a rebirth of sorts. The photo shoot was held at the Witzburg Castle. There were so many amazing shots, including my family walking the castle grounds and the cobblestone streets, and the kids playing around a maypole on the lawn wearing flower crowns. However, the cover shot is of Grandma Vera in our family cloak, sitting on Empress Hera's ancient dais, wearing her emerald and citrine crown, with Grandpa Mikkel standing beside her. My dad and I are standing on the other side, and I am holding the hilt of our family sword, with the point of the blade on the ground. Ancient literature scholars will no doubt enjoy discussing the confirmation of our family's history, and I think Heleno will also get the message. Well, that's what's been going on here. And it's just as well I wrap up this message as I hear the kids. Maybe when you come out to Haimavina, you could just take them back to Vela with you. <laughs> Love, CJ, age 60. Log entry, Vela 90. Vela Rotat 2714, cycle 10 of the 10th Anul. Hey, hey, Siege. Think the waves that you're finally able to send a message. When I hadn't heard anything for a few annuals, I started to get worried that something had happened. It had been a while since something bad had happened to either of us, and with so many good things, I thought the universe had decided that we were due. 
Thankfully, it was only a system upgrade and not something worse. The last time we had a system upgrade that took out communications, like the one you spoke of, was well over a hundred rotats ago. This was back in Papagisto's time, and it was to do much of what you said. Now we have multiple redundancies in place, so they can cycle the upgrades to different parts of the systems and upgrade them without any interruption of service. With so many colonies in the system, having any sort of interruption could be too harmful. I'm glad that everything is fine on your end. Maybe next time, tell Haxa that your team has a better solution before the outage. Much like you, Aaron is getting some serious mommy time. Since the VSA assignments for me have picked back up, she has even managed to start taking Nasu to classes with her. The students there love seeing the little one, and sometimes when Aaron is giving her instructions, Nasu will be passed around the class so that everyone has a chance to interact with her. Many times she just sits quietly and appears to be listening to her mother give instruction on algorithmic code, or learning patterns in software. I'm pretty sure that Nasu is already smarter than I am when it comes to some of the systems now. She already knows how to open different applications on a terminal and interact with some of the learning programs on them. Hey, maybe instead of sending her to your house, I should send her directly to Haxa and she can help them with the next upgrade. Don't worry too much about Navi and her crew. Since the latest status of the moon investigation, Navi has been allocating some of her resources to the anomaly case. There is only some speculation right now, but since her team did such an amazing job analyzing the remains of a 100,000 Rotat old mystery, the council felt that she could make some more waves on that coast. Now there are some rumors going around that she may have found something that pointed her original investigation towards the anomaly. But any solid details on that are being kept very quiet. This is a little abnormal. Usually the VSA and the council are much more open about any information discovered. Maybe because mom isn't there anymore, they are falling back on some old habits. Or what they have discovered is too much to handle right now without any further information. Either way, I would be interested in knowing what Kai's theory is. I know there are more than enough speculations out there. Who knows, maybe he could be right. I'm not saying that I believe in most of the conspiracies, but I don't plan on visiting any underground caves anytime soon. Just the thought of some sort of reptile race living down there gives me the shivers. I guess there are even more congratulations to go around. Heather and Max? The photos you sent of little Poppy are so cute. She is so much smaller than Nikki. Is this because of the early birth? Please tell them that Poppy looks about the size of a Velen child, and as such, that counts as a blessing. With all of the children being born there around the same time, it sounds like you have the makings of your own football team. I know you're not a huge fan of any sports, but really, having a full team all in the same school could be fun. I'm sure that you could take on any of the big league teams out there. So, hey, I know that you had mentioned giving Raythea the benefit of the doubt, but there is something that just didn't sit right with me. I know that Hymavenans have a tendency towards sticking close with your families, but here on Vela, we have a custom that if someone doesn't treat you or the ones that you love with respect, then they don't deserve to be a part of your life. Raythea may be the grandmother of your children, but look how she has treated both you and Andy in the past. 
She said quite a few terrible things about you to her friends, and she froze Andy out of his company. She treated Bjorn like he was some sort of pariah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't love and care for her, but I'm just not sure that her entire attitude can change overnight. When I learned about what my natural mother was like, I knew that her views and the people she associated with were not the type that I wanted around me and the ones that I loved. I went to visit with her because I needed to make sure of a number of things I was only speculating about before. Some of what I learned turned out to be wrong, but other things, like her viewpoints and beliefs, were exactly what I had known. She may have given forth to me, but we had very different views on so many aspects of life. I didn't need the frustration in my life. This doesn't mean that I don't have less love for her, or that I didn't care about her. It's why we named Nasu after her, but I just couldn't have that sort of attitude around me. I know that you are in a much more difficult situation than I was, so I can't even begin to judge or advise on what you would do. If you feel that she has learned to be a better person and deserves the chance that you are giving her, then I will back you all the way. It's tough to think that the only link she has to Andy is your children, and I know that you wouldn't want to deny them the chance to get to know her and to know Andy better through her. I can only hope that she has changed and will be a little more open-minded about things now. This will also allow the children to make their own decisions when they are old enough to do so. In the end, this is your school and your decision to make. What do I know? I'm just a silly old Fisco on the other side of the system. I'm so jealous that you got to see the Bertera chase in person. I've not heard about the race, but I looked it up and it sounded cool. But sadly, we have nothing like it on or around Vela. Some of the smaller corporations that work with the VSA to design or build parts for various spacecraft have floated the idea of building vessels to be used for racing like you have there. But the VSA is very much against the idea. They keep claiming that space is for exploration and commerce, not for entertainment. Since they control most of the assembly facilities, in some way or another, the ideas get squashed pretty quickly. Any attempt to privately build such a vehicle usually ends in disaster, with either the craft not following enough of the safety protocols and getting destroyed in testing, or if they do manage to make it into orbit, they get impounded and dismantled for interrupting the airspace restrictions and causing a potential orbital hazard. Many of those same corporations have made appeals to the council for permits to allow the privatization of space travel, but we all know how long it takes to get anything through those means. The VSA has a lot of pull when it comes to council measures. Please pass along my congratulations to Helgi and Erko on the team's fantastic win. I appreciate the vids that Rune sent, and I will see if I can find a broadcast of the race whenever it happens to make it here. I have already sent a note to the Radio Lab team to keep an eye out for that recording. I mentioned to them that even though I know the end results, I wouldn't spoil it. If they can find the broadcast, I will send them Rune's highlights. Some of them are big skiff racing fans, so they understand the appeal. When it comes to your message about Ajila Entertainment, I'm not sure if I want to jump up and down for joy or be insanely mad at you. 
to learn that you're friendly with Nitten from AE? And you even hung out with him on Tanga? I don't recall you mentioning this at all. He is something of a minor celebrity among the gaming crowd, and nearly untouchable because of it. He spends most of his time at the AE campus in Laar, and only makes a few appearances at some major conferences for announcements. I'm not surprised that he made the trip to Tanga, but honestly, I thought he would have just shown up and made the announcement about the lounge and then gone back into hiding. When the package arrived at my house, thankfully, I was there to receive it. I'm fairly certain that Aaron would have hidden it and only brought out a few parts at a time. I called up Javi and told him what had come in, and he took an express transit stream to the house so that he could help me set it up. He was so jealous that I think his scales actually changed color. I'm attaching a few photos that we took of the amount of stuff that was sent. There are some of Javi and I playing, and even a few of Nasu holding onto a controller while we loaded up Fjords of Wonder. She kept trying to mimic the movement that we were doing. It's so cute. I showed Javi the note that Nitten sent and how personal it sounded. I'm not sure what you all talked about with him, but I was almost embarrassed. The next time he makes an announcement, I'm going to try and attend, assuming I can get a ticket and even close to seeing him in person. The idea that anyone would think that 200 of your years in any sort of political office is too short of a time should come and spend a few of them here on Vela. Even with the VLET treatment and the advances that we have made here in the medical field, that is a very long time. Helena must be power hungry to want to spend even more time in charge. To put things in perspective, while Vela doesn't have anything like a limit on the number of terms you can spend in political office, there are elections every five rotats, and the way the council is composed, no single person has all that much power. Yes, there are a few at the regional top of the council, those in charge of the different continents, but in order to be elected to those positions, you have to have had at least three to four elected positions in lower regional offices, and then be elected by that entire continent. Usually by the time that happens, anyone in that position is already pretty old and has no plans to stay in office until they can't function. In mom's case, she knew that she was getting old enough that she couldn't keep up with some of the changes that were happening, and it was time for her to step down and let somebody younger take over. There have certainly been some council members that have ascended to a continental position, but only lasted one term because they ended up making a ruling that not everyone was in favor of. At the next election, they were voted out very quickly. In the meantime, there are those, like mom, that actually listen to the people they represent and they get re-elected. I doubt that I mentioned her elections much because it was just normal for us that she would be back in office. In a few of her elections, she didn't even have opposition, as the people were so happy with what she was doing that no one wanted to run against her. When she resigned, there was an understanding sadness that they had to find a new representative and the competition was rough. I am glad that Vera was able to put Helena in her place a little, and I hope that maybe having a humble check will remind her that if she's going to represent the mana across multiple planets, that she should listen to what the people want and keep her own ambitions in check. 
Last I understood it, politicians work for the people, not the other way around. Speaking of mom, I'm sure that you've already heard the news that the ambassador appointment has been made for the trip to Haimavina, and that mom was selected. This time she was not in the running alone, and had some serious competition. There were lots of talks behind the scenes, and the key factors in her selection was all of the relation work that she did with the Haimavinans, and how, without the work that she has done, we would be light rotats behind on even the trade talks. Some of the work that she did early on laid out the waterwork on how our two planets communicate, and none of the other candidates could even come close to her popularity. That, of course, is the public view of the selection. Personally, I know that while she isn't on the council anymore, she still has a lot of influence there. I don't think that anyone did anything illegal, but there are still some members that are scared of the great Madame Ori. Either way, we are all excited that the first Velen to be making the trip to Haimavina will be my mom. She already has sent word to Helgi and Iria, and I believe is starting to make a list of all the places she wants to visit. To say that I'm jealous would be an understatement. Those are places that I wanted to visit. There are still a few details that are being worked out on the trip there, such as talks about whether there will be a vessel that stops over at Tenga and then continues to Haimavina, or if the ambassador and her entourage will transfer to a Haxa craft for the second half of the voyage. Either way, the crew selection for the vessel is still being worked through. I have put myself in for the commander position, or even the pilot's chair, but even before they start reviewing, I've been told that because it's my mother that's going, it's unlikely I will be selected. Something about school members serving aboard the same craft in case of an emergency or some telec like that. At this rate, I'm pretty sure that Aaron is going to meet you in person before I will. For me, the last Rotat has been pretty busy with the mundane. The VSA has given me a few small assignments around the local system, just outside Velen orbit. This allows me to spend more time at home with Aaron and Nasu, but still remain busy with work. It's good to be able to have time, especially while Nasu is so young. I remember what it was like when I was out to the Iria Law system and came back to see Pei so much older. I can't imagine what it would be like to be gone for that long and miss out on so much of Nasu's life. The most exciting part is the work that I am doing on the CS4. They are nearing the completion of construction and final testing and plan for a fully operational test of the vessel in about two rotats. I have mentioned before that the CS4 is massive and much further advanced than any of the other craft that we have in the Velen fleet. Actually, walking the halls is something out of a sci-fi vid we watched as kids. You can even tell that there were some influences taken from some of the shows and novels. I guess that what they say is true. It's only science fiction until someone makes it, and then it becomes science reality. I've also put in for the commander position for the CS4, for when it does its initial run. But I was beat out for the spot by none other than, no, not Javi, Joru. There were lots of claims that she has more flight time than me, and she was involved with the CS4 project from when they were still in the design phases. There was also the fact that I had been spending a lot of time, understandably, 
away from the office due to the giving forth of Nasu. With Pei being practically an adult now, she is 19 rotats old. Joru has more time to spend on the project. There are also a number of concerns that the last two CS missions that were crewed had gone horribly wrong, and a common link between them is me. I'm not one to dwell on what is lucky or unlucky, but I am also not the one making these decisions. Don't worry, I'm not taking any offense to it. I'm actually really excited that Joru got the job. We have to share the opportunity to make history, and who better than my sister from the old test pilot program. Where I will be is at Mission Control in the operations room, running the program from there. It's a little sad that I won't be on the CS4 for the jump, but at least I will be as close as I possibly can by being in charge of the ops from the ground. Well, it's not actually the ground anymore. Mission Operations is on the primary VSA station in orbit of Vela. It sits in a high orbit, which allows for the fastest and least obstructed communication to the rest of the system. From there, I will be able to see all of the input from every system on the vessel and provide input as needed. But when the test starts, it will be Joru's show. We have been running simulations for the past few annuals, covering every type of scenario that we could think of, including many of the hazards that myself and Joru have experienced first web. The difference is, at the end of the testing, I get to go home, as it's just a quick shuttle ride away. When I get home, I sit down and I tell Nasu how my day went and all of the things we went over in our experiments. She will sit and listen attentively and repeat back some words like, engine malfunction. Aaron tells me that I'm going to give the girl nightmares because of some of the scenarios I describe result in some catastrophic failure. I just mentioned that she has to learn to prepare for the worst because it's something that we all have to face in this line of work. Aaron would just give me that look and then Nasu would yell out, ice cream now! and we would both just start to laugh. Give the girls a big hug from Aaron and I, and I will instruct mom to do the same, but I think it's still a rotat or so before she gets there. May the waves guide us. Jason, 60. You have been listening to an episode of The Binary Saga. The part of CJ is played by Vanessa Shannon Anderson. The part of Jason is played by Steve Petricelli. Thank you to our Patreon members, Rob and Mary Carnahan, Samantha, and Dr. Layla. If you like what we're doing, please consider visiting our Patreon page, which can be found in the Where to Find Us menu on our website. We have multiple levels of support, with a lot of fun features like transcripts and photos. Or if you just want to donate to our cafe, Bjor, or Sidrus funds, it's always appreciated. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook with at the Binary Saga. Want to ask us questions? You can join us on Discord for open chat. Find all of these links and more information at BinarySaga.com. You can read the print version of the entire first and second season in Kindle or paperback on Amazon. These versions include a number of extra stories and background information. Just search for The Binary Saga. <laughs>